How to Read Literature Like a Professor by Thomas C. Foster. One sentence summary. How to Read Literature Like a Professor shows you how to get more out of your reading by educating you about the basics of classic literature and how authors use patterns, themes, memory and symbolism in their work to deliver their message to you. My favorite quote from the author is, Education is mostly about institutions and getting tickets stamped. Learning is what we do for ourselves. When we're lucky, they go together. If I had to choose, I'd take learning. Thomas C. Foster I randomly came across this book and found out it was really popular. I'd love to help you read more and better, and my gears are constantly churning how I can help you do that. Summarizing this book is surely a good start. Thomas C. Foster is an English professor, surprise, and he uses many examples from classic books to show you how you can unlock what you read and figure out what lies beneath the basic level of the story. This book will not only make your reading more fun and more satisfying, you'll also be able to harness what you learn in a much more professional way. Here are three lessons to help you master the craft of reading. 1. Memory, symbols and patterns are what hide the deeper message in any book. 2. One of the most common patterns is the quest structure. 3. Look for universal messages in books to discover which symbols authors use. Want to read literature like a professor? Let's take a literature trip. How to read literature like a professor. Lesson 1. Most books hide their message using memory, symbols, and patterns. This answers the question, what mechanisms do books use to transport their message? The majority of people falls into the category of shallow readers. When they read books, they only pay attention to the basic story level, but not much more. If you want to go beyond that and actually interpret what you're reading, Foster says there are three things you need to watch out for. Thing number one, memory. This has happened to you for sure. You've read a chapter in a book and thought, wait, don't I know this scenario? Haven't I read about this before? Clever readers don't brush off that gut reaction. Instead, they dwell on it and draw an actual comparison between what they just read and how it's different from a similar book they've read in the past. Number two, symbols. The scar on Harry Potter's forehead is much more than just a scar. Its shape, the way it hurts, the visions he has because of it, it stands for much more than an accident. It's a symbol, and only if you can interpret it, you'll get the full picture of the story. And number three, patterns. Sometimes trivial and seemingly meaningless details pop up again and again. Just like the story itself most often follows a pattern, so do certain characters, items, and even words people use. Authors often use patterns to communicate hidden messages. But spotting these and interpreting them correctly is hard. So let's look at two things you can do to improve this. How to read literature like a professor. Lesson 2. The quest structure is one of the most common patterns in literature. This answers the question, what is one of the most widely used mechanics and patterns in books? One of the most universally applied structures in novels, which you can find anywhere in life, even in your latest trip to the grocery store, is the quest structure. It's sometimes also called the hero's journey, and it always contains the five following things. A quester, a destination, a stated reason to go, some challenges along the way, and an unexpected revelation. 
Take The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, for example. Santiago, a shepherd, is the quester. His destination are the pyramids of Egypt. He says his reason to go is that he must find his destiny and explore the vision from his dream about a treasure in Egypt. Of course, he faces many challenges on his journey, such as finding love but having to leave it behind. At the end, there is an unexpected revelation showing Santiago that the treasure was right in front of him all along. But if you run out of bread and it becomes your reason to go to the grocery store, a destination, you become a quester too. A challenge might be to find a parking spot or arrive at the store before it closes. Eventually, you'll unexpectedly find you still have a loaf at home after you come back. See, it has all the elements of a quest, even though it's a very trivial scenario. Now you can pay attention and find the quest structure in other books and events. How to read literature like a professor lesson 3. Look for universal messages in books to discover which symbols authors use. This answers the question, how can I find the most generally valid lessons and themes from books? Do you sometimes feel like books are a ripoff? That they're just blatantly copying from another author? Well, actually it's tough to find a book that doesn't copy from a previous one. In truth, no book is 100% original, whether the author knows he or she is copying or not. This phenomenon is called intertextuality. All texts depend on one another. And it's a good thing. When the same ideas appear again and again, it turns them into symbols. You can then rely on interpreting them correctly, because the same symbol usually stands for the same idea. For example, whenever a storm is seen on the horizon, this is usually a symbol for trouble lying ahead, whether in the form of an actual storm or a plot twist. Often, the hero's home is destroyed, and he or she has to start all over. This is usually meant to show that even in destruction, there is a liberating power. Ask, what's the universal message behind this event, as you read? And you'll be able to spot symbols and some of the big ideas which have been around for centuries. Another thing that helps you develop this skill is reading a wide variety of books, especially classics, because these have popularized most of the symbols we use today. My personal takeaways from How to Read Literature Like a Professor for 2017. I instantly ordered this book after I read the summary on Blinkist. I had no idea it existed. I had no idea it was popular. It's really popular. I think it's used in schools a lot too. Um, I still have it sitting somewhere at home, I think. I don't have it with me here in Munich. Um, I think, and I have yet to fully read it, but I was super impressed by it, and I thought it makes perfect sense for a writer or a writer and reader guy like me to learn more about well writing and reading from nonfiction books. So this was very obvious. I mean, it talks about novels and fiction mostly, but these things are still helpful when you're reading nonfiction books, and these things are helpful in life in general because spotting spotting the deeper meaning of Whatever helps you spot the deeper meaning of anything is a good thing. Um, so I want to give you some examples uh, I've encountered from th these different things we just talked about. So memory symbols patterns, right? These are um, these are the things that hide the message of the story, or some of the things that hide the message of a story. And memory, I think that's just where you connect where you translate uh, this 
whatever you're reading about into your own life, right? So let me think of an example where I recently had this. Well, actually, I just had this today because I was reading, I was recording summaries for two books, called one, Eat, Move, Sleep, and then the other, uh, The Powerful Engagement. And both of them talk about health and physical energy. And when I read the second one, Eat, Move, Sleep, I thought when I was doing these updates, I was like, hmm, yeah, actually, I just read another book about that today. So maybe today is a health day. And actually, the two things, they sort of go together well, because in Eat, Move, Sleep, that was outlined that you can make small habit changes to improve your health in the long run. And in the powerful engagement, uh, they said to prioritize physical energy because if you don't have physical energy, the other ones don't mean much, right? Can't use your brain well if you're sick. And I said to that that I'm not, that I've taken a step back in managing my physical energy because I've given up swimming after starting the degree and so on. And I thought, hmm, yeah, maybe there's something small I can do. And then I realized I am doing something small, taking 10,000 steps a day and not sitting for longer than an hour. And I got up right after reading that summary and moved around a bit and walked and got my blood going. And that's all because I connected the two things together, right? Uh, because when I read Eat, Move, Sleep, I realized, hmm, yeah, I heard something similar in this other book. And then I connected the two. So without memory, without connecting the two, I wouldn't have made that lesson. I wouldn't have gotten up to move around and improve my health. Uh, second, symbols. Um, man, symbols are everywhere. I love going to movies and trying to spot things that mean something before they're revealed. Before there's revealed what they are, right? I love trying to spot the plot and like plot twists before, before they happen. Um, and you can do this in cinemas a lot. And I think a great author to read is Dan Brown because he works with symbols inside the book a lot right so there's not just like the symbols you don't really see but there's actual symbols because Robert Langdon the hero of his stories uh, is always uh, decoding symbols uh, decoding ancient art and so on and getting the the mystery behind that so um, I think anything any series is usually good for learning more about that and specifically Dan Brown or things that have some form of symbolism that they work with inside the story directly because you'll get a double effect and patterns so a fun example is i watched the italian job a couple weeks ago again it's a good movie the 2003 one the modern one i'm young <laughs> forgive me um uh, with mark Wahlberg and and Charlize theron and so on um and there was a line she said uh, Charlize Theron's character said and I think it was something her dad had said to her before it was something like um, I I trust the process I don't trust people or, or something like that it was something about trust in people and when she said that line uh, when while she was at dinner with some guy they were trying to rob uh, as, a, as a sort of decoy kind of thing uh, and she said that line and he had um, had a connection to her father he was like hmm, I've only ever heard one guy use that line like why would you use that line he said it exactly that way so he recognized her in that scene uh, because from the one line she used because he knew that pattern and she, so he could identify her by her using that pattern um, and that's really interesting too so, so there are always certain lines in movies and books too that give away stuff 
because they're set in a certain way or you'll run into them again and again. Uh, another great series of movies which I think does this really well is Ocean's Eleven. Um, not only are those guys really eloquent and talk really well, um, there's also certain lines and things that keep reappearing. So that's a fun way to do some pattern spotting. Uh, quest structure, uh, I said it's sometimes called the hero's journey. I think it's the exact same thing defined by Joseph Campbell, where it's a cycle of there's a, a calling for the hero, the hero goes away, the hero faces many challenges, the hero eventually defeats the dragon or, or whatever the biggest challenge, the end challenge is, and then the hero returns home with a story. Um, and you can see that pattern. I mean, I explained it. It happens when you go to the grocery store. It happens all the time, every day. Um, and you can see it again and again and again. And once you can spot it, you see it's a really powerful and very, very universal pattern. It's also a good pattern to base your stories on in case you're telling some, right? If you write, if I write an answer on Quora, I will try to make it a story. And I bet if I went through all my answers now, I would see that 80-90% of them have this pattern somewhere at the source or underneath the answer and as the about looking for universal messages i especially like that for non-fiction um because not just to discover like which symbols do authors use or stuff like that but what's useful right so first of all older books to me are a lot more useful than newer books because newer books don't last as much their marketing tools and so on Right? If Marcus Aurelius wrote down something in Meditations, which he wrote down only for himself and only by coincidence did someone later find all those texts and letters and bundled them up and published them, something that was never meant to be seen or never meant to be sold, and that has stood the test of time for 2,000 years now, um, I'll take that over, like, uh, I don't know, like Habit Improvement Weekly uh, that's published online these days, any day of the week. But also, uh, if you find something from a really old book in a new book and that book expands or adds something to that concept, that's really good. So, for example, I like Ryan Holiday's books about Stoicism because they take the old stuff and they add to it. Um, and then that becomes really powerful because it's a universal thing Ryan Holiday bases his work on, Stoicism, which is very old, very good, very proven, and then adds to that. So, and you can do the same thing even if you only concern yourself with something very modern like social media. If you read three books about social media from like 2000, 2005, 2010, they would be super different because this changes so fast. But then again, you might see something that's universal throughout these three books. And that's a very valuable lesson. And that might be something you can take away and take with you uh, to improve your social media game in the long run. So, you see, I can ramble about this forever. Uh, I'm going to stop here. Um, if you want to read better, uh, read some books about reading. Duh, might sound obvious, but I think it's totally not. Um, and this one will help you get a lot out of the fiction you read for fun and out of the nonfiction you read to get better. Hope you enjoyed this one. See you on the next one.